0: This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a production of Catholic Radio Indy. Now here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer.
1: Hello. Good to be with you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.
0: And Bridget, we uh, I mentioned this just recently, but we are still a couple of people shy. We uh, just got a check from Kroger recently. And uh, the reason Kroger sends us a check is because they have a program called Kroger Reward. And very simply, if you go to our website, org and click on the Kroger logo there, you can uh, register your rewards card, the little red card you use at Kroger. If you go there, there's a number on your card. They're going to ask you for that. They're going to ask you what charity you want to support. And if you put in Catholic Radio Indy. Be sure to use all three words, Catholic Radio Indy. Every time you shop, Catholic Radio gets a small percentage of whatever it is you buy. I mean, a loaf of bread, gallon of milk, ice cream, pizza, doesn't matter, can of beans. Uh, You don't have to mention it at the store. You never have to think about it again. And it does add up. It really does add up. We've got nearly, but not quite, nearly 150 families doing that. And we'd like to crush that that 50, uh, 150 uh, mark if we can. We've been sitting at, oh, I don't know, 143 or something like that, just just shy of that. We need a few more people to do that. So uh, we're not asking you or telling you where to shop, but if you shop at Kroger, would you do that? Go to our website, catholicradioindy.org, click on the Kroger logo, and enter catholicradioindy.org, and you'll be helping us out. A whole bunch while you're feeding your family
1: that's true well the month of may is recognized as mental health awareness month and during the past year there has been significant increase in those struggling with anxiety and depression um maybe people that have never even had those issues have had them for the first time maybe with all that's happened in the last uh, year with the pandemic. Uh, well, today we're going to be talking about all these topics and what to do. And if you know someone who is struggling with one of those feelings, um, our guests are mental health professional Christine Toro Shields and suicide loss survivor Kelsey Stewart. So welcome to Faith in Action, ladies.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having us. Thank well, you very
1: much. Well, um You both have quite extensive uh, background in dealing with um, these issues of mental health and um, suicide loss. Um, Christine, why don't we start with you? Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background and maybe how um, you got involved in mental health awareness and what it is and maybe a little bit about your background and then we'll get to you, Kelsey.
2: So I am a licensed clinical social worker, and I have worked in the field for about 30-plus years. Um, I co-own Kenosis Counseling Center, and um, I also work under the IU health system. Personally, I grew up with a mom who struggled with mental health issues. She struggled with anxiety and depression her entire life. And suicide first touched my life when I was a senior in high school. And I remember, uh, I grew up back in Pennsylvania, and Sister Ann Christopher um, was helping us deal with the death of one of our students, and, you know, the question on so many minds, especially Catholics and other Christians, is, is this person going to hell? And what she said was so profound to me. She said, you know, God is not going to punish someone in everlasting hell if they've lived hell on earth. And meaning the struggle with depression and anxiety and mental health issues that contributed to their struggle and that decision and that choice um, is illness, right? It's not, it's not character defect and it's not um, deliberate. And so that just laid the groundwork for me in how I viewed somebody's struggles. And then later in life, um, I had a, a suicide, as well as a cousin die by suicide, and have probably had five clients die by suicide. And so, through that passion to help people sort it all out, both emotionally and spiritually, um, really led me to get involved with um, AFSP, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So, um, I'm honored to also be a board member. I've been with AFSP for about five years now, and. Um, it just provides so many opportunities for healing on a personal level and as far as doing education and research and advocacy on a national level.
0: Now, Christine, you said you've been involved in the industry, so to speak, for uh, quite a number of years. Uh, do you see the uh, number of suicides increasing over that long time period or decreasing, or does it kind of ebb and flow uh the number of uh, suicides.
2: definitely ebbs and flows. A recent research from the CDC in 2019 is that it has decreased. Um, You know, and I I think our understanding of suicide today is very different than when my brother-in-law passed away over almost 30 years ago. Um, You know, just even how coroners report that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think the numbers can be deceptive. I, I think what's most important and, and you know, Kelsey and, and, you know, our efforts at ASSP is about how to respond to the people's mental health struggles and knowing that suicide is preventable.
1: And that's that's a really good point that people maybe don't think about or maybe haven't really talked about. I think it's talked about a lot more now um, these days than it ever has been in the past, and I think that's a really wonderful thing in terms of prevention. Uh, Kelsey, tell us a little bit about your background and how um, you got involved in helping others with mental, mental health issues and um, suicide loss and or prevention. Yeah,
3: so... Uh, we lost our dad um, to suicide in 2001, uh, so this November will mark 20 years. Um, and while we talked about my dad and shared fun memories, we didn't talk about um, his depression, anxiety, or addiction, um, and we really, you know, weren't able to fully grieve that loss in the way that we had um, would have liked to. So. As I got a little older, we also found out that my grandfather, so his dad, um, and then my great-grandmother, his grandmother, also died by suicide. So there's three generations on my dad's side, um, and as we've gotten more involved in this work, we've, you know, learned about several other suicides in our family, and obviously mental health um, and addiction issues that are um, pretty pervasive on both sides of my family, but... Mm while well, we went to therapy and all of those things, we weren't really directly connected with any suicide loss survivors, and I found the AFSP when I was 25, and uh, the rest is history. So um, it's been a really wonderful thing for, for my family, and being able to see my grandma start to um, kind of own her story and grieve in a way that's healthy with other loss survivors has been really a really beautiful thing to see. Um, and I started off as a volunteer in 2016, and now I serve as the staff partner for the Indiana chapter for AFSP. So um, this Sunday will mark three years um, as working for AFSP as a staff role. So um, So here locally... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Here locally, we've got volunteers all across the state doing amazing work. Um, They do uh, advocacy efforts here locally and at the federal level working with our state representatives and legislators to make sure that Hoosier voices are heard and that bills are mapping and marking what we need here locally to start to save lives. Um, We've got incredible support for suicide loss survivors in a peer-to-peer setting, um, education and programs that are free, and then also um, a lot of uh, different research that's done um, globally. So AFSP is the world's largest suicide prevention um, funder of research.
0: Um, which is pretty incredible when you realize we're tiny but mighty, for sure. Uh, Christine, you, um, if, if I can. Uh, <laughs> Jim Christine. and I have so many
1: questions. Okay, go ahead, Jim.
0: Well, uh, we were talking about grief, and when anyone, any family, loses a loved one, they go through a process of grieving. And, uh, you know, I guess there's some several steps to that, that sort of thing. But I'm wondering is the grieving process different? when the person they've lost was a victim of suicide, as opposed to a natural death?
2: Absolutely, because there's, number one, there's such a stigma around mental health issues, and then there's such a stigma around suicide. Oftentimes, people feel a sense of guilt or regret. Also, within our own Catholic and Christian traditions for so long, um, there's been a stigma as well as, um, you know, Way back in the day, survivors um, of suicide loss could not bury their loved ones in a Catholic cemetery, Um, and it was considered the unforgivable sin. Now, we know that the Catholic doctrine has changed and has, um, has more of an awareness of the compassion of God and that this is not a sin, this is mental illness. And the thing that's important to know is that Mental health issues are health issues. So, you know, we wouldn't say that somebody who dies from cancer is sinful, nor do we say that someone who dies as a result of a suicide death is sinful, right? So um, it's important to understand that, and it's important to, to also go through that process of forgiving yourself because there is so much guilt and regret and anger that has to be worked through. So AFSP also does a lot of training for therapists on how to provide Mm -hmm. support for somebody with a suicide loss because tragic death is very different than dealing just with, um, you know, death of somebody who's had a good death, if you will. You know, they've completed the end of their life and it's gone well and they're surrounded by family and friends. But there's so much angst and isolation that goes along with suicide death.
1: And something that you both keep referring to is AFSP. That stands for the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. Is that correct? Yeah. And could you give the website for that just before we go to a break? Yeah,
3: absolutely. So it's AFSP. Org, and then to find the local Indiana chapter, it's AFSP.org backslash Indiana. Uh, one thing I wanted to add uh, to what Christine shared was around lost survivors. Um, one way that we can all have impact is the language that we use and how that impacts lost survivors. And so we might have often heard or still hear the phrase commit suicide. Um, and Christine touched on how many places of faith and and religious organizations are, are shifting from from their views on that and understanding, you know, the brain is an organ and how that can deteriorate or have issues as well. Um, and in referring to it uh, as commit, um, it's deemed as though it was something, you know, like a sin or, or something like that. Or willful, suicid- or willful,
1: you know. Absolutely,
3: yep. yep. So for suicide loss survivors who are left behind when we frame it in that context it appears as though our loved one or the person that we care about did something you know that is defiant or a sin and in reality it makes it more difficult for that grieving process because it's it's framed differently than a death by cancer a heart attack and things like that and so the more we start to normalize the conversation using safe messaging and also framing it in the same way we would you know other deaths, while it's different and it is a more tragic loss, it will help lost survivors that way, and that's an easy way that we can all shift the language and try to help as well.
1: And 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 tagging on to that note, in terms of the language, is that that you know, when a a sin is committed, it really involves someone's free will, and right. um, if you don't have free will, you're not really engaging in a sin. And so that's where mental illness would say this person is not um, fully making a free will. So that would, you know, disqualified as a sin as well from a theological perspective. So I just wanted to add that. Um, Absolutely. We need to take a quick break. I want to get we've got so much to get to in the second half. So stay tuned for more Faith in Action.
0: Faith in Action is our oldest, longest running program here on Catholic Radio Indy. We're looking for some local Catholic businesses or organizations to help us underwrite the cost of this program. It doesn't cost a lot, and your underwriting support will help see that local programs like Faith in Action stay on the airwaves here in central Indiana. Most businesses have never thought about underwriting a program. They don't know how much it'll cost or what they might say in their underwriting announcements. Well, that's okay, because with just a phone call, we can tell you all about it. Call Val at 317-870-8400. 317-870-8400. The call is free and there's no obligation. We can really use your support. So please give Val a call right now while you're thinking about it. 317-870-8400. Or email Valerie at org.
1: Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget air Jim Ganley and I are in the studio and we're talking with our guests, Christine Toro Shields and Kelsey Stewart. We're talking about um, the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention and all the wonderful work that they're doing and the work that they are doing to help help. Um, those who have experienced a suicide loss in their family. I want to talk uh, a little bit about Mental Health Awareness Month. What exactly is it and why is it important? Christine?
2: Well, Mental Health Awareness Month really brings to light how vital good mental health is. Um, You know, mental health wellness is not just about a chronic mental illness. A lot of people think... When we talk about mental health, we're talking about somebody who struggles with schizophrenia or bipolar, you know. But COVID has really brought to light that everybody's struggling, right? Uh, What I have found is that people who have struggled before are struggling mightily now, even just with anxiety and depression, which technically are mental illnesses, right? Mm -hmm. But they're very common, Mm -hmm. And, and what we've also found is that people who have never struggled with anxiety or depression are struggling. So what we know is that, again, as I said, mental health issues are health issues. And we know that when you don't take care of your mental health, it has implications on your physical health. And so things that we know that are just good for us, like green space, being out in nature is good for not just mental health, but also physical health, and eating right, and exercise, and seeing people, <laughs> social connection is so vital. Um, one of the things that I tell people is that, um, you know, exercise is one of the best antidepressants that you can do, right? So for people who especially don't even want to take medication, exercise increases the chemicals in the brain that help you feel better and reduce anxiety and depression we also know that sleep is vital for good mental health if we can get people's sleep cycles online we can oftentimes reduce anxiety and depression by 30 sometimes 40 percent
1: that's amazing
2: it it's it's not just thinking about the chronic mental illnesses but what can we do preventatively for good mental health, which also then in turn pr- helps prevent suicide.
1: Good point. I'm curious, um, what, what, how can you recognize if, if someone is, and this is great that you brought all those really positive things up of what everybody can be doing, whether they struggle with anxiety or depression, these are just great preventive things that anybody can do, that everybody should be doing to just have good mental health, period. So I love that you brought that up what should people be looking for in terms of, um, suicide prevention? Um, what, what do we, what, what should a person look for or what should be some concerning activities? Kelsey, can you, can you talk about those?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the first things, um, that we're working to debunk is that talking about suicide isn't going to give someone that idea. Okay. So when we're recognizing these things in our loved ones and our friends and our peers and our coworkers, it's absolutely okay to lean in and check in. Um, It might not be about suicide, but we've all had bad days. And when someone says, Hey, Christine, I noticed you seemed, you know, tired and you didn't seem like yourself. Are you doing okay? You know, it's okay to do those things, and I think, um, you know, over these last couple of decades, we've gotten into these individualized, you know, I'm worried about myself or or my pot of people. When in reality, what we really need to do, and what COVID has shown all of us, is that we all need some extra compassion. I don't care who asks me how I'm doing; I appreciate it. And so, um, leaning in and checking in on each other is. Is important and it's okay, and we're not going to give anybody that idea um, to die by suicide. And we know that from the research um, that we've done here at AFSP. So, some of the signs, um, while they're unique to each person, that's why it's important for us to all be alert because I can recognize something in one of my family members or friends maybe before you might be able to because you don't, are not familiar with them and what their normal is. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's sleeping too much or too little. Um, sometimes it could be um, some substance use, um, uh, things and showing that way. Um, it could be in language where they're actually saying that they um, don't want to live or they don't want to wake up. Um, sometimes it's not as direct, and so that's why it's important to recognize um, sleeping changes, behavior, um, maybe potentially giving away possessions, talking about finding a solution um, or anything that seems out of, out of sort. And again, it could just be where, you know, we're struggling and it might not be about suicide, but it's actually not going to do any harm to say, Hey, Christine, I'm noticing these things about you that are different. You're late to work. You're never late. You doing this, you're doing that. Um, you know, can we, can we talk? I want to make sure you're okay. And I think Christine probably has some additional things to add as well.
1: Go ahead, Christine.
2: Yeah. And, and, one of the things AFSP does is they sponsor a lot of trainings, and one of the trainings, and both Kelsey and I are trainers for this program, is called Safe Talk. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they, they train us to recognize is that individuals who are struggling will put out, quote, unquote, invitations. And, and based on what Shel, uh, Kelsey said, you know, with what they say or how they behave or what their mood is like, and our struggle in, or, or what's vital for us to respond is that we don't ignore, we don't dismiss, and we don't miss the invitation, right? And the other thing is recognizing that when we step into a conversation or just ask, we don't have to assume responsibility to fix it, right? One of the examples they, they give us in the training is if somebody falls down and collapses on the sidewalk, I may go in and do CPR to hold them, to keep them alive and safe and well until other help can come in. I'm not a paramedic and I'm not a cardiologist, but I can do my part. And so we want friends and family members and colleagues and, and strangers, if you will, when you hear something, see something, feel something that isn't right, that is uncharacteristic of the person, lean in and just ask. There's, a, there's a, an initiative, too, called Seize the Awkward, which is just ask the question so we don't ignore, dismiss, or miss.
1: So can anybody take those self-talk classes? Safe talk. Safe talk classes. Safe talk classes.
3: Yes. Yeah, so for that class in particular, it's 16 and over. Okay. Um, so we've gone into high schools and done trainings with juniors and seniors, um, and things like that and you know my grandma was 83 when she went through the training for the first time so anyone 16 and over can absolutely do it um, one other resource in addition to those um, that the newer resource that came out this past year is called our real combo guide so it's an abbreviation for real conversation so if you go to afsp.org backslash real convo um, there's four different guides so there's one um, And it's not the perfect recipe, but it's a good starting point when we're trying to, you know, figure this out. There's one on how to have a conversation about mental health. Um, There's also one on if someone tells you that they're thinking about suicide, what to do. So things like not leaving them alone, things like that, which the trainings go more in-depth, so these aren't replacements for those, but it's a good checkpoint. There's also one on how to talk to suicide loss survivors um, as well. So I think oftentimes, you know, we want to be helpful and and say things and do things, but we're afraid to do harm. So we we don't do
1: anything. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Those, those guides are are really helpful. Um, I've used them in a personal setting as well as obviously in this role too. And they're nicely laid out.
1: We just have a few minutes left and I want to get to the um, Fatima retreat house series you are not alone can you talk a little bit about that and how how that's going to be delivered and what's involved with that christine
2: sure so as a member of the you are not alone retreat team Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um we we started this last year and we have three individual standalone programs and we're doing them once a month so we're doing one in june one in july one in august and The first program is called The Emotional Journey of Suicide Loss, and then the second one in July is The Healing Journey towards Suicide Loss, and then in August, it's The Spiritual Journey of Suicide Loss, and then in September, we are doing um, a two-day retreat. Um, Individuals have an opportunity to stay overnight, or they can go home and come back the next day, and you know... Last year, when we performed, when we hosted it, um, we actually, even amidst COVID, we had about 30 individuals, um, individuals as well as couples, and we also had some parent and you know teenage um, survivors, sur- lost survivors come with them. So um, it was just a really nice mix of individuals. And... You know, the "you are not alone" is just a sense that we're all in this together, right? Just just like individuals lose loved ones from cancer and heart attack, we also lose loved ones from suicide loss. Um,
1: so then, suicide death. Do you recommend that if someone had a suicide, um, they were a survivor, they had they had a suicide loss, that? Um, they would attend all of them or can they attend one or can they be standalone or do you recommend they attend all three phases and then the retreat at the end?
2: Well, we know that suicide loss survivors are at various phases of their grief and loss journey. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons we did these three standalones is because they may not feel ready to go to a retreat. Mm -hmm. So they can attend each of those independently and those are free of charge. And then they may decide that they want to come to the retreat or if they don't want to do the June, July, and August programs, then they can come to the retreat. So they can do some of it or all of it. It, It's really based on respecting where you're at in the journey and, and what people's tolerance is. The other thing we also know is that some people will sign up for a program or a retreat and then that day they just say i just can't do it and and we absolutely respect that because there's no time frame for grief healing it 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 comes when it should as it should and i also and, um,
1: i also i also noticed that there's a safe talk half day training also there so there's another opportunity to do that
2: yeah we're working on setting the date for that but fatima plans on sponsoring and hosting that as well
1: uh, this has been really interesting and, and very helpful, I think, to our audience. Uh, we are out of time, though. Our guests today have been Christine Turo shields and Kelsey Stewart. Thank you so much for being our guest today to talk about this important issue. Thank you so
0: much for Thank having me. Thank you
3: so much, Jen. Thank you, Bridget.
1: God bless.
0: You have been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a presentation of Catholic Radio Indy. You can hear this episode of Faith in Action again or any past episode at catholicradioindy.org. If you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future program, please call us at 317-870-8400 or email Jim at catholicradioindy.org.